The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. Today, we will be talking about a topic that I have actually done some episodes around before, and I've got some questions about on TikTok. And if you didn't know, I've been doing like daily running vlogs on TikTok. It's the same name, just at Resiliency and Running, if you wanted to follow along. But other than that, we will just jump right into the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode. I have I feel like I've become kind of bad at podcasting and I'm going to be hitting like my 1 year mark of podcasting pretty soon, but I think just in the span of the past year I've changed my life and changed living locations and jobs so much and so I feel like my life has just been like so crazy and I've gone through ups and downs, but I think podcasting has always been a really great like steadfast thing for me. I've also just completed week three of marathon training. So we're we're about to go into week four and I am really, really excited. And I don't think much is changing this week, but I think it's kind of just the idea of being consistent with my running. And for me, I, I think I'm gonna start implementing like speed work training because the kind of training plans that Boston Children's Hospital coaches have given us are mostly just around like mileage and there's nothing really around like, you know, pacing or timing or speed work. And for me, I really love a good fart lick run and I miss them so much. So I think that like if I, for example, have like a five mile run someday during the week, I think that I may just implement like, you know, three miles of fart lick and, you know, just kind of try and mix it up a bit. But other than that, it's been going really well. I say that though, and I just got reminded slash my arm still hurts, but I tripped and fell on my Tuesday run. And I think it was genuinely because I was up like earlier than usual and I am already a pretty natural early riser so I'm already running like decently early but on Tuesday I had to catch a train at like 7, 8 in the morning to go to Cambridgeshire to or I think it's pronounced Cambridgeshire and I think that I honestly keep saying it wrong and all of my colleagues keep making fun of me but I was going for work for the day and I think that I was just really anxious about like catching the train on time and so I think I was running at like five in the morning. I was running like right by Westminster too and I genuinely like there's nothing that I tripped over. It was literally just sidewalk slash probably my legs just feeling extra tired in the morning so I was probably dragging my feet a bit. So yeah, I fell and then I am that person that like I don't want you to come and help me when I fall and I think there were like one or two people kind of around me and I saw one of them out of the corner of my eye kind of walking towards me to come and help me and I kind of just quickly got up and like brushed myself off and just kept running and kind of was like please don't help me um and I was just running away with this like bloody gushing arm and so yeah marathon training is going well it's just yeah I need to possibly work on my sleep a little better and yeah but other than that I'm pretty happy with like pacing and stuff and I think that this week also was like 
especially my Thursday run, just really felt like I was actually like back in the swing of things because for quite a while, I was like still feeling pretty sore from the challenge that I did. Must have been two weekends ago now where I was running one mile every hour for 24 hours. And I think I just didn't really take into account how much my body would probably need like to recover. And I just felt really slow in a lot of my runs kind of ever since that challenge. But I think Friday was like the first real run that I really felt really good. And I've been like foam rolling and stretching, but I think that it's just a matter of time sometimes for just recovery with your body and just kind of letting it kind of properly rest, which I'm sometimes not very great at. But yeah, Thursday was like the first good run that I felt like in a while. And then I had my quote unquote long run yesterday. And I say quote unquote, because it was only nine miles, but I know that I'm kind of, I've had to start from scratch and kind of I'm building the endurance and building my stamina back up. And so I'm kind of just trying to take it day by day and, you know, just really focus on these runs. And yeah, that really just brings me into the topic of this episode. And I'm sorry for the super extra long life update intro. But yeah, today's episode topic is all around how I'm choosing not to drink alcohol for the 18-week training period. And this isn't like a new thing for me because last year when I was training for a marathon, I also wasn't drinking, but that wasn't like specifically just for the training period. That was more so around like me reevaluating my relationship with alcohol. And I've done a few episodes on this with guests and myself and just kind of talking about how a lot of really unhealthy drinking habits in college kind of rolled over into to my early adult years and how some of those habits really needed to be kicked in the butt. And so, yeah, I just thought it would be great to do an episode to kind of address kind of why I'm not drinking for 18 weeks and especially during like a London summer and the summertime in general, wherever you are, I know can be a time where a lot of people want to drink. And I think it's mostly because I've already had the experience last year of going six months without drinking that I can kind of pick at those kind of good habits that I created from those six months and kind of, you know, whether it's creating mocktails, knowing which restaurants to go to, knowing what to order at restaurants, even if they don't specifically have mocktails on the menu and just knowing how to kind of be prepared for whatever kind of trigger or social situation you may have during your 18 weeks or however long you're wanting to go without alcohol. So the question that I got specifically was, would love to hear about why you're going alcohol free and if you think it's helpful you. And I think that's a great question because I think not everyone has to go alcohol-free whenever you're training for a marathon, half marathon, what have you. I think it's a personal decision and it's kind of up to you. And obviously alcohol affects everyone's bodies differently. And prior to my marathon training, I was drinking, but more so in like moderation. And so that looked like maybe once a week, if not like once every other week, like you can ask really a lot of my friends, like I really kind of really cut back on drinking and I don't drink very much when I am drinking, but like I would have a drink if it was the right situation. But like that's also to say that like even in the times where I am drinking and I'm not training, I definitely still do go out and buy like non-alcoholic beers and like non-alcoholic kind of mocktails and things because I kind of like to keep a balance in my life. And I think that just for my overall health, because I am kind of like a health nut as well, I just think I'm a lot better of a human being and I feel a lot better when I'm not drinking. So for this episode, I did some research online in terms of like the relationship between drinking and alcohol. And there was an article 
that I found that I will have linked in the show notes where a qualified nutritionist named Kim Pearson shares her advice on like when to cut out alcohol in your training plan. So she says, and like I've said kind of earlier in the episode, it's important to remember that there are no hard and fast rules when it comes to how long before a race you should stop drinking alcohol. And it's important to find out like what works for you. So just take time to consider how booze affects you personally and how this impacts on your training. If you're not sure, try keeping like a drinks diary and note down how you feel after drinking to see if there's a link between energy levels, mood, or running performance and the amount you're drinking or when you don't drink at all. And this can kind of help you guide your decision as to whether cutting down or a complete ban is the best move for you. So I kind of unintentionally started keeping a drinks diary in my little notes app and it was more so because in April I found myself drinking more and it was because I was dating this guy and we were just like going on these dates and they kind of mostly revolved around alcohol because at the time that was kind of like restaurants were really the only thing that you can kind of do date wise or we just kind of had a hard time being creative but anyways I created this list of things I don't miss about drinking and so I'll just read them out to you here um so one waking up with a headache two irregular sleep three doing slash saying things I wouldn't sober four eating slash diet is irregular five, wishing I ordered the non-alcoholic drink I had originally planned on, and six, mornings aren't as fun because I'm such a morning person. So I think like my biggest thing and issue with alcohol and kind of doing that alongside training is that it really, really messes up my sleep. And this has become like more of an issue over the years. And I, I feel like I sound like I'm a grandma or something, but I'm only 25. But I have like as of like the past year, maybe it's just because I've been drinking a whole lot less than I have been like in college per se. I sleep so terribly and sometimes like barely any hours at all when I do drink. And like when I say like drink, I it's like maybe one to three drinks. And I really just like, I always in my mind will cut myself off at like two. Sometimes I let myself go for a third, but like I'm typically just not really into like the whole binge drinking scene anymore. I'm going to link some of the episodes that I've done in the past around alcohol, but I've done some episodes specifically with a girl called Steph from Funship Blog, and we talked about like the binge drinking college scene, and it's just crazy sometimes to think about like how much I used to drink versus like how little I drink now, and I think it's because it was like so pushed upon us back then, and now it's just like there are so many other things that I've discovered, and like I'm, I'm going to be honest, like, I mean, a year and a half ago, alcohol was definitely something that I really highly depended on for, like, any stressful days, any anxiety, any, like, any excuse that I had to drink, I would drink. And this would be both in like social settings, but both like on my own at home. And so like, I didn't have the best relationship with alcohol. And so I think like last year, I did a lot of the work in terms of like really reevaluating that. And I think I obviously like found that I was quite reliant on it and I never like went to like AA or anything like that and I didn't have like, you know, sweats or anything when I went off alcohol. It's just like, you know, I found different things like mocktails and, you know, non-alcoholic beers and non-alcoholic gin and like just things to replace like things that I really missed about drinking. And like, you know, after the 18 weeks, I will go back to drinking and there's things that I miss. Like this is so weird, but like I have weirdly gotten like super into gin martinis and like I only have one and it's like, that's kind of what does it for me. But like, I love gin. I love having like two olives on 
on a stick in the gin and it's just like the best thing to me. But like, that's almost like, it's like a treat now versus like before it was like, how many can I drink and like, how drunk can I get? And I guess it's just kind of making sure that you have like the right mindset when you're drinking. And I feel like I'm just kind of going off on a tangent here, but if you want to listen more to like that sort of an episode, I'll have them linked in the show notes. Okay, going back to the research. So the next step would be considering what your goals are for the race and thinking about whether it's worth making the sacrifice to completely cut out alcohol or whether reducing your intake or monitoring it will suffice. For example, if the race is about having fun with your friends or completing a distance for the first time, you will definitely have a different approach to discipline than if you're aiming for a personal best or running competitively. So then you may ask the question, how much is too much? And ideally in the run-up to a race, you will avoid overindulgence completely, which would count as anything over two or three small glasses of wine because of the resultant hangover, dehydration, and recovery, which could all impact your training. So you really just need to ask yourself whether you're the kind of person who can moderate your intake. Can you just have one glass of wine with friends or will it turn into a bottle? And so just being honest with yourself and making your decisions from there is good. So if you do decide that you are going to continue drinking, just choose your drinks carefully. So this article says healthier drinks will lower the impact on your body and your running regime. So go for better quality, more naturally produced wines and spirits. Opt for dry wines, which have a relatively low sugar content and avoid regularly drinking beer or cocktails. Too much sugar results in blood sugar fluctuations, which can lead to energy dips, cravings, and lack of concentration, all of which will be bad for your race prep and performance. So this is true whether or not you're including alcohol in your diet, but staying hydrated is absolutely key to your race performance. And so if you're drinking, stay hydrated during and after. So now let's talk about how to minimize the effects of alcohol on your training if you are drinking. So obviously drinking can compromise your sleep and temporarily reduce your body's ability to store glycogen, which is vital for endurance. It could also make you more prone to injury as alcohol can lead to higher levels of the stress hormone cortisol, which slows down the repair process. So if you are going to continue drinking during your training, putting an electrolyte tablet into a glass of water and sipping this alongside your drink can help limit dehydration. If this isn't an option, try having one before you go out and leave a glass next to your bed to have when you get home. The age-old theory of lining your stomach is important too, so eating before you drink will help slow the release of alcohol into your bloodstream. Ideally, drink with a meal or eat before drinking rather than feasting before you go to bed. So I think while this episode was kind of around like why I'm personally not drinking during my marathon training, I think it's also to say that like it's completely up to you whether or not you want to and I'm not someone who's like completely sober obviously. I just kind of take breaks throughout the year from alcohol because I think that it's better for me. Um, But I think just depending on how alcohol affects your body and kind of, you know, kind of seeing how your running performance is when you're drinking versus when you're not kind of like, you know, if you had a night out before or if you didn't. When I was training for a half marathon just a few months ago, I definitely was still drinking in moderation and it wasn't like terrible, but there were definitely some of my longer runs when I went out for like some drinks on a Friday night and then tried to go on a long run on Saturday. Like sometimes they went okay, but most of the times they were definitely a little bit of a struggle. So it's completely up to you how important it is to kind of prioritize your training or, you know, think about like your diet and that sort of thing. 
All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. Like I said, I will have links in the show notes for any research that I did for the episode, as well as past episodes around alcohol and binge drinking. But I will also have a top link at the very top of the box around my fundraising for Boston Children's Hospital. And I would love if you would check that donation link out and just see why I'm running with the Miles for Miracles team and all the great things that they do for their kids and families at Boston Children's Hospital. And yeah, I hope to see you in the next episode. Bye.